is Taste Life Nutrition Radio, where we are streaming live on KUHSDenver.com, uh, where we are sitting at right around 142,000 people that we're hitting every month. Uh, so this is amazing and super exciting and uh, growing and having fun with the amazing people who we have on this show. And so a little bit about what we are and who we are is Taste Life Nutrition. So as a functional nutritionist, my goal is to have really amazing people who I can refer to, who I know, and who are doing really cool things in this world. And the show is about opening up minds a little bit. You know, if we're feeling a little bit rough, or if things aren't going well, or if our mind is not where we want it to be, our emotional health, our physical health, instead of just automatically saying, I need to make an appointment with my doctor, which may be a great choice, but let's look at some other avenues that could be beneficial for you, maybe along with making your appointment with your doctor, but other avenues that can help you in, uh, in really optimizing who you are uh, and, and who you're meant to be and what you're meant to do in this life. And I, my goal is to bring to you just super amazing people who are doing amazing things in this world. And so I have been waiting for this show for, I don't know, since January, I think. <laughs> because this is so far outside of my understanding and my knowing, and I'm so excited about it because we're gonna talk about dreams and I know nothing about my dreams and half the time they freak me out. <laughs> so we have Erin Amundsen on today who is a depth therapist. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Depth, depth therapist. therapist. Yep, yep. Um, and she, her whole life is my understanding, has loved understanding dreams and now she incorporates it into her practice. And I'm so grateful that you're here with us to talk about dreams and give some insight I just can't even stand it. So thanks for being here. You're welcome. It's absolutely a pleasure. It's one of my favorite topics, so I am excited to get into it. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. I have so many questions. So <laughs> as always, though, we start the show with gratitude because gratitude can change the world. Uh, super important to start your day just being thankful for the amazing things that you have. Um, that's what I try to do every day i try to do it at night when i go to bed sometimes i write it down sometimes i'm just thinking about it but gratitude is what music every time i always say that every time i have to i do something that's going to mess up the techie stuff there we go music's down i need i need my list of to do's before i start the show is what i need it's, so awesome <laughs> it's just ridiculous Every time, two and a half years, I always forget to turn the music down. Anyway, so, <laughs> gratitude, back to it. I'm grateful for Henry who tells me what to do when I mess things up. <laughs> that's, that's where I am. Um, but having, having that gratitude, uh, in, in, especially in the place where we are now, where there's lots of fear and anxiety, and it's just kind of craziness going on, and knowing that there's so many things to be grateful for and that is just amazing and beautiful about this life. I just get so excited. You know, I try not to let the weird stuff get me down. I just am grateful for where we are. And if I do start to feel it, I have to I take myself out of it. I'm like, it's not worth it. Let's find what we're grateful for because it's there's so much. So I'll stop rambling. Erin, what are you grateful for today? 
Uh, you know what? I lately have been really grateful for the simple things, and I had a really good night's sleep last night, so oh. I'm grateful for that. And and then I would say in general, um, I've got a lot of amazing people in my life, including my clients. So people who are actively working to be better, to become more whole. Um, you know, my friend friendship circle is full of beautiful women who are digging deep and wanting to do really good things in the world to make things easier for others. So that's that's where I'm at today. I'm grateful for those two things. That's amazing. Um, and th- I talk about that a lot. Uh, just um, just having the show and then having my own support system, but then access to you know to the close friends, but then those who are out there like you, um, who are out there working their asses off to say, I'm here to serve, I'm here to do to do big things so I can help others do big things. And that's what that's what I want to do. You know, I want to be the person, the best person I can, the biggest person I can, the healthiest person I can, because in that I have the ability to serve and to guide and to help others be their biggest, their bestest, their amazingest, and all of the things that, that we're meant to do. You know, when we don't feel good, when we have, um, you know, whether it's physical or mental and emotional, you know, uh, heaviness, it's hard to, it's hard to do, it's hard to, to do the things for others because you're just trying to get through your day and you're just trying to survive. And that's no way of living this life, right? I think I was unplugged. Um, so, awesome. What am I grateful for? Um... I love the sleep thing. I've been sleeping really well and getting up really early. I was up at 4.30 a couple of days ago, but I get so much done when I get up early. I'm like, that's amazing. Good for me. Um, <laughs> so I love good sleep. I love, um, I know what I'm grateful for. I have finally finished planting my garden and it still has some work to do, but I love eating out of my garden and every day, every day for lunch, I take my plate outside and I pick my vegetables and I pick my lettuce and I pick whatever I have and that's what I have for lunch. And it makes me so happy. I can't even stand it. So here we are at that time of year again where I can go pick my lunch every day. <laughs> that's amazing. You know, both of my parents are avid gardeners and I, I did not get the green thumb. In fact, I once pulled up a row of plants in my dad's garden when he was paying me to weed. <laughs> so I love, I mean, absolutely admire and love people who are talented at gardening and um, appreciate it because I too love the fresh gardening produce. Oh, it's so fun. Well, I bet you could do, you know, like pot gardening. That would be pretty easy. Mm -hmm. Having a tomato and having some pretty lettuce, that would be easy. I could give that a try. It is fun though. It it literally has become one of my favorite things and what I look forward to is, you know, so two things. When I meditate, I when I can, when the sun's out, I go outside in the sun and that's what helps me to calm and to just focus. And I just, it makes me so happy just to lay outside and meditate. The second thing that I love, which is also to me a little bit of a form of meditation is, is just going and picking stuff, picking it and knowing how fresh it is. There is a component I don't know what it is, and I can't remember where I saw this, and so I need to find it because I've, I've I've referenced it a couple of times, but I'm not saying what it is. But there's a component to vegetables and fruit when they are ripened fully on the vine that is beneficial to 
the body that we don't get from food, you know, like our, from the grocery store and that kind of thing because they yeah. have to pick it early. So that component isn't there. So it's not truly as nutrient dense as it should be or could be. And so um, it's, I, I need to find out what that is, but I, it's so interesting um, knowing when something's ripe and knowing that you're, at, you're getting the full benefit from it mm -hmm. just off the vine and the full nutrient density. It's, it's cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like something to be grateful for right there. Yeah, yeah, super grateful for that. You know, God's good. He knows what he's doing. And I'm like, okay, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right, so let's talk a little bit, or a lot of it, about you. Um, how, you know, who you are, this is kind of, this is what I like to say because it's true, it's the who you are, why you are, what excites you, what are the things that brought you to where you are, um, who do you like to serve, how did you get into dreams, and then we'll just get into the meat and have some fun. Yeah, so, you know, my path as a healer um, started early in life. I went through some early childhood sexual trauma and had a lot of fallout from that. So I had eating disorders. I had, as a teenager, I had um, addictive behaviors, you know, was sort of seeking relief through drugs and alcohol and um, all kinds of self-defeating, um, really self-harming behaviors. And when I left and went to college, I, I don't know what happened, but at that phase in my life, I got away from my family, who, who I love, who I'm very close to, but in my process of becoming an individual, I realized there, there had to be another way. And actually my mom also saw my struggles, um, didn't know about what had happened to me when I was young. Um, it was actually like outside of you know our home. And bought me in a session with a shaman when I was like 19 years old. Wow. And uh, I, you know, I was sort of like, whatever mom, and I, I was hesitant to do it. And finally I went because the shaman called me and said, are you gonna come or do I need to refund your mom's money? And I was like, all right, all right, I'll do it. And so that was my initiation into really the, the spiritual realm. But even before that, as a teenager, I was writing down my dreams and I had a dream dictionary um, in the house. It was actually my mom's, but I would steal it. And I was very fascinated with what, what's happening in these storylines that are popping up while I'm sleeping. And at that time, I didn't know much about it beyond my fascination. Um, but as I moved through kind of, you know, my adult life, um, I started to read books. I started to learn more. I started to read about the uh, um, many um, indigenous people's use of dreams and vision work. And I started to understand that dreams are actually a very powerful um, form of messenger from our subconscious. So I, um, I love, Nikki, that you said, like, I know nothing about dreams, and I always wonder what they mean, and so many people say that. And I, it, that's part of what fuels my passion, because this is a resource that is available to all of us on a regular basis. And I know some people are going to ask, what if you don't remember your dreams? There are ways of doing that, and we can get into that later um, if that's interesting. But if you're not remembering your dreams, you can engage them. Most people can, um, and and it's really about how do I decode the message. So, what I've learned is that, for example, I, I well maybe let's say I'm working with a client and they've set a conscious intention. So so to go with what you do, let's say my conscious intention is that I want more nutrition in my life. I want to you know eat healthier, put healthier things in my body, maybe move more. I want to be healthier. And how many times do you see people make that intention and fail over and over and over? 
what the subconscious and what dreams will do in that context, if you're paying attention, your dreams will actually deliver you the reason why you're failing. Oh, wow. So wow. it may be a block, an emotional block from childhood. And so you need to eat a certain thing to cope, but you don't even realize that's what you're doing. Um, and it could be any other number of things, but that's just one example of how dreams work. So I'm going to say, I'm going to put it out to the universe, right? I want to maybe be healthier. I want to get fit. And then my dreams are going to give me, in my case, it might be little snippets of unresolved trauma from childhood. So it might be kind of a nightmare that's not directly related to the trauma, but it's representing a part of my subconscious that is still functioning from that point. Mm -hmm. And so then I know, because I, I understand how to work with an eco dream. Okay, if I really want to get fit, I'm probably going to have to address my trauma again from a different angle or on a deeper level because mm -hmm. that's so what I've found is that it's a really efficient way to work with people in you know in the mental health um, realm and you know frankly most if not all of my clients have done a ton of therapy before they ever come to me and they always come saying like I was just hoping there was something more yeah. and then we get other layer that is 95% of our brain, our subconscious, that is our operating system. So the reason that I refer to it as technology is that it really is like the hard drive of our humanity. Mm -hmm. And it's stored programs from childhood, um, from culture, from family that we don't even realize you know, we're running. And they have the potential to either really, really limit us in life or actually really inspire and set us free and connect us to our gifts and our uh, inner empowerment. Um, so, you know, it was really my own wounding that led me down the path of, of helping others and, and really the wounded healer aspect of seeking out things that would help me because I was in trouble. Yeah. And then realizing a bit later in life, oh, this is meant to be shared with the world in some way. Isn't that interesting? I have, I, and I forgot my pens. I keep wanting to write down things because I have like three questions in my head three comments um one though is just for your information as you move away from your mic we lose you oh so, that's no so, so closer. it was just just a little bit uh, but just okay. wanted to let you know um two one of my comments is as i as i work with clients and when i uh, bring clients in i do uh, as any practitioner does i do an intake and it's a really big significant intake it's very comprehensive but it asks about trauma and I am every time floored and saddened by the amount of trauma uh, you know whether it's uh, spousal trauma or sexual trauma or you know an, all of the different traumas that can happen in a person's life it's heartbreaking and until I got into doing what I'm doing and, and digging into people's history so I can you know, help them in the ways that I help. I, 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 I was shocked at how much trauma there is and then how much people don't know how to deal with it. And I don't know how to help, which is why I have great people who I refer to. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it's shocking. I mean, that's really just more of a comment than anything else. So if there's anybody out there, if you have had any kind of trauma, I think even if you think you're past it, you know, look for somebody to help to guide you with it and and help you to continue to get past it. I just, 
It's so hard. And yeah. amazingly hard. Yeah. Um, another thing that you had said in, in, is going back to, you, you. I don't remember how you said it, but you said family, family history. And it made me think of epigenetics. Um, I'm assuming you know the term epigenetics. Yeah, um, I do a lot of work with that actually. Yeah. Okay, cool. This is kind of a fun, it, this is so interesting to me. I deal with epigenetics in my practice. So for you know, a little bit of a science lesson, if you haven't heard this before, epigenetics essential, is essentially locations on genes that have the ability to turn on and off. And they turn on and off in most cases due to lifestyle factors. And in my world, in functional nutrition, when we're dealing with uh, autoimmune conditions, GI conditions, cardiovascular health, diabetes, all of these things, um, it's due to the lifestyle that we lead. So there's only three to 5% of the, the diseases that we deal with that are truly genetic conditions, but most of the other ones are based on how we live our life. Um, and which, which is a little bit scary, but also gives us an amazing amount of control. Um, and this is what excites me. It's, a, it's control and it's accountability. And not everybody likes accountability, but you know, that's what it is. It's what we put in our, in our, in our body, what we put on our body, what we're you know, in our environment, you know, how we handle our stress, how we sleep. All of these things are so important to uh, to building a healthy body because epigenetically these things will turn these 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 variants on and off. Now to go deeper than that, and what I love is the health that we have now is based upon in part the health of seven generations behind us, and then the health of us now impacts the health of seven generations ahead of us. So this is part of, and I'm going to just do a quick plug here because I think it's, it, it plays in well, but I'm, I am doing a course called Soulful Conception, and it is fully, so much based on getting healthy now because when you start to, when you're ready to, 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 to create, right, when you're ready to come together and create that baby, your health now, as well as the health of seven, seven generations past, but your health, health now will create the health of that child and then the health of generations to come. So you want to be as healthy mentally, emotionally, physically as you possibly can because the cool thing is as sick of a society as we are now, as unhealthy as we are, we have the control to take this health back and create a healthy future. I mean, it's all right here in our little hands and I just think it's amazing and cool. So I'll stop talking about that because what I want to ask you about, and I felt like I needed to kind of say all that, but is we have trauma genes, epigenome epi, epi essentially, right? And so variants or SNPs can be turned on based on trauma. And it can be from a family trauma early in our history prior to our being alive. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I actually have a great story about that um, to kind of mirror, you know, what you're talking about with health. So this yeah. would be like the, the, the trauma healing piece of epigenetics. Um, so in addition to doing dream work, I do, I do a lot of other um, modalities in the subconscious. So I do, I look at past lives, I'm an astrologer, 
Um, I'm a regressionist and a hypnotherapist, so I've just been fascinated with the subconscious for a long time, and I've studied and trained, you know, whatever I can get my hands on, um, just as a passion. So years ago, I had an astrology client, and I was reading her birth chart, and I, um, she didn't tell me anything about her life or her history, but I very clearly kept getting this image of really, you know, um, people stuck in a concentration camp in World War II, mm. and like being um, in, in the medical experiments that were happening, especially with women, right? So that, that flash just kept coming, and my intuition is very mental, so it, for me to actually, I was kind of seeing seeing a picture, a glimpse, that was new for me, like to see something as a little bit of a vision flash, and then having the storyline come through mentally about, you know, this experimentation. And so I, I felt a little awkward about it, right? And um, I shared it with her anyway, because I just, I was like, I'm just gonna trust this. I don't know what she's gonna say. She might think I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. And it turned out that she is the descendant of Jewish Holocaust victims. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so I did this reading. Um, she went back and did a little bit of um, genealogy. Her sister had already been doing that and, and really traced some things back and you know, found out, like, in fact, yes, that is a thing. She then started to have nightmares and, you know, came back to me and was like, what? I don't know what to do about this. Like, ever since I've unlocked this information, I'm having repeat nightmares of trauma that is, she actually gave birth and had a cesarean maybe nine months before we met. And that storyline kept coming up in her dream. And it was just like living the trauma of the cesarean over and over that she had brushed off because their culture tells us, right, get over it. Right, Cesareans yeah. happen all the time. That's not a real trauma. You have a healthy baby, you're healthy, you're both alive, move on. Um, but that event had turned on the trauma of her ancestry, of women who were being cut open and, and having their reproductive organs, you know, um, completely messed with in terms of research yeah. uh, in, in an incredibly traumatic experience you know i'm sure i can't even imagine but you know most of us are familiar with with some of those stories and so we worked through her nightmares then to bring her epigenetic healing wow. and she was able to let go of the trauma of her cesarean as well as the trauma that she had been carrying subconsciously from her lineage and her life changed i mean her like everything about her and she's also um she was i think studying to become a therapist and that was something that was really in her way in terms of being all that she could be right. as, yeah. a, as a certain healer in the world mm -hmm. so it absolutely happens you know on health levels we know it happens with addiction um and and certainly with with trauma and mental health as well so um the the, the interesting thing about what i found about working with epigenetics is that it's hard to turn around. I don't even know if it's possible to turn around in our conscious mind because that's not where it's sourced. Right. It is sourced right. in the subconscious. So we have to get there mm -hmm. in order to really work with it in my experience. Yeah. So, so interesting. So cool. Um, okay. So I want to, I want to just dig into dreams and I want to really, I want, and I don't, I don't really know how to start it, so I think I'm gonna let you start it because I, I will I do have questions about it. But what when you're working? I guess my question would be when you're working with people and you're working with their dreams, 
what does what does that look like? What are you doing? How do you how do you know what dreams mean? Yeah, that's a lot of questions. So, <laughs> I, I don't I don't purvey to know what anybody else's dream means. Uh -huh. um, okay. And so I, I teach dream therapy to graduate students in counseling, and I work with you. I I really do a lot with this. Um, basically, the dream is coming to us when our conscious mind is asleep and our subconscious mind is awake and active. And that all has to deal with brain waves. You've talked about meditation. Um, so I would say you and I right now are in what we call a beta brain wave. And that is your conscious, logical thinking mind that is keeping track and is intelligent and aware and that's thinking, right? right? We're thinking. Um, if you start to slow down your brain as you're falling asleep, for example, or in meditation, that brain wave um, turns into an alpha or a theta or a delta. And all of those, anything slower than beta, tunes into your subconscious mind. So a big part of how I work with people is I have them bring a dream and share the dream. And then I engage them in either meditation or hypnosis or relaxation technique to slow their brain wave down to at least alpha, uh, which is kind of the state of mind you're in when you're daydreaming, you know, you're just sort of relaxed and lost, you're still aware and lucid. And most people in general feel safe you know, being in that state of mind in a, in a therapy session. Um, some people like to go deeper right away or just naturally do. And then we, we actually re-enter the dream and engage it from that level. So we can, we can go in and start asking questions about what a particular aspect of the dream is representing in this person's life. And the, the information that comes through is absolutely amazing. And it's so simple. It's really so. I could everyone that's listening right now could probably do this if you've ever meditated or done yoga or daydreamed. You can sit. You can slow that mind down in whatever way you do. You read back through your dream and and just sort of pick the thing that stands out to you. So it might be you know I had a dream about a swimming pool and I was in the deep end and somebody else was in the shallow end and well the pool stands out to me. So I can actually have. A, a bit of a dialogue with the pool and start asking questions about why it's there, what does it represent, what is the, what's the meaning behind this. And for me, I might get, you know, oh, well, you're in the deep end, think about that. So where in life, you know, you're, you're struggling, you're in the deep end, you're, you're about to drown because you're taking on too much and you've done this before and you know this pattern and you're doing it again. And then I can come out of that and say, wow, I just took on too much. I need to start saying no to some things, right? Because what happens when I get in this state always ends up in some self-destructive way, mm -hmm. right? For example, mm -hmm. um, somebody else could have the same dream about a pool with a deep end, and it might mean a very different thing to them. So for somebody else, it might mean you're being invited to, to dig deeper into your you know, uh, subconscious, or you're being invited to dig deeper into your emotions. You've been too shallow. Now you're in the deep end, right? So, so you can see two different people having the same dream with two different outcomes, which is why I don't, I don't use dream dictionaries. I don't offer interpretation. Um, I really am guiding people through a process that then they can use on their own at home. So, are you saying that everyone's? Whoa. Sorry. Did you hear that? I can, a little bit. Yeah. I can hear me and your. That's weird. I'm not I'll sure what you're doing. <laughs> I think better. Oh, much better. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. So my question was, are you saying that everybody's unique? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the yeah. fun thing about that, and, and I'm going to maybe contradict it a little bit, yeah. um, is that when I work in groups with dreams, you know, every everyone kind of gets to engage the process. So, like, I might share the cool dream, and everybody in the group is going to do this meditation and, and kind of find out. And sometimes people in the group will have nuggets and gems of information for the dreamer, or other times the dream that wasn't my own dream, let's say, has given me this huge download of wisdom. Mm. And so the, the indigenous people of all over the place, you know, shared a lot of common beliefs. And one of them was that the dream is everyone's dream. So one person's dream belongs to the tribe huh. because we can all relate archetypally to the feeling or, you know, the like we all know what a swimming pool is and we all have associations to that. Um, so yeah, everyone is unique and sometimes when I lead a group, there will be three or four people who have the exact same experience of a dream mm -hmm. and, and they haven't talked about it or, you know, connected with each other. And that's always really fascinating to me that there's some something bringing them together in that moment yeah. to have a shared experience. And um, yeah, go from that. That's really cool. Um, so I, I teach, well, you know, when I teach or when I talk or when I'm talking with clients, whatever it is, it's everybody's unique, you know? And so I, mm -hmm. it's, it's in every single way, you know, and it's, I think it's a lesson to be learned, um, for everybody out there in whatever situation you're in, know that you are not like anybody else. You are unique in, in your thoughts, in your processes, in your, in your physical health and your mental and emotional health. I don't care if you have a twin that lives under the same roof as you, you are different and things are different for you. So um, I think it's, you know, when, when you're working with people, if it's, you know, working with a therapist or working with someone like me or working with your doctor, um, if someone is treating you like they treat everybody else, then maybe consider looking outside of that because you are special and unique. And I think it's important to remember that and know that if you go on a diet, which I hate that word, it's a four letter word, but if you go on a diet and it doesn't work for you, but it works for somebody else, why is that? It's because you're different than everybody else. And that's the way that it's supposed to be. And it's beautiful. It also makes things a little more difficult, but that's, that's part of life. So <laughs> that's, why we, that's why we have jobs, because we like to dig, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Mm -hmm. and, and in fact, you know, a lot of the work that I do is helping people let go of you know the family and cultural expectations to be like everybody else because yeah. the, the, it's painful it's painful to try to fit inside of a box that is too tight yeah. or you know it, yeah so yeah agreed so i'm going to ask you this question um knowing that this is not intended to be a therapy session but i think i have a dream it's a very short and simple and I'm not asking you to read it. If, if you tell me that's stupid, don't I, I can't do this right now, then that's totally fine. like it's stupid. No, I'll never say that about me. <laughs> it's, it's just the weirdest thing, though, and I have it a lot. I haven't had it in a while, but it's gum. I'm chewing gum, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and I have to pull it out and throw it away, and then it comes back. And I don't even chew gum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll just be curious with you. Yep. Um, what's the what's the feeling that you're having as you're like having to pull it out and it's coming back? Embarrassment and frustration. Okay. Because I have to hide. Frustration. Yeah. So, so this is like a really simple. I'm going to give you a couple of really simple ways to look at dreams. Um, just in the interest of anyone listening who might want to yeah. also uh, try this stuff out. So 
the first thing would be, you know, to look at the feelings in the dream and then and then say like, where are these feelings sourced either in my present life or in my past? Mm -hmm. So here's something really fascinating about the subconscious that I think everyone should know. Between the ages of birth and seven years old to about nine or 10 years old, uh, the prefrontal cortex is not developed. So our conscious thinking, filtering brain is not online yet. Everything that happens in our environment is getting stored in the subconscious. So if you have any kind of like early childhood trauma or certain expectations from your parents or um, ways of behaving that, that have kind of been projected into you, you're functioning from that level until you become conscious that it's there. And for most of us, you know, some people have nothing good there. They have these very horrific traumatic childhoods. But for many of us, we have a lot of good stuff that's been instilled in us, right? Like value systems and how to keep ourselves safe and maybe unconditional love and all those things are amazing. But I would guarantee that all of us have something there that maybe doesn't belong. For example, I gave my kindergarten teacher a Christmas gift, six years old, and she, she gave it back to me and told me I can't accept that. And I'm a six-year-old. I have no idea why. I don't know. I, but all I know is that I'm ashamed. So now, you know, I might have dreams that have uh, you know, an element of shame in them. And I could look, you know, I've done some work on this. This actually was a memory that surfaced, you know, a bit later in life as I was doing some work that, oh, one of, one of the adults in my life that I looked up to and loved the most as a six-year-old rejected me. That's not even that's not even a big deal, right? We, we think of that as like, well, whatever. That's not a trauma. But I absorbed shame over that experience. So for you, it would be like, where, where yeah. is embarrassment yeah. and where's frustration? Either in your day-to-day -day right now, or where can you trace it into, into your past as a way of starting? Interesting. You don't necessarily have to answer that, but yeah. that's one. And yeah. the second thing would be, here's what else I would have, have you do that's very simple. Um, take the word gum and like write it on a whiteboard or a piece of paper in the middle and then do kind of like a spoked wheel association. First thought, best thought. So gum, sticky, chewy, um, I don't know, whatever adjectives come up, like whatever your associations are. And then you might look at where those associations have some kind of a, a place in your life, right? So sticky, ooh, I think it's something feeling sticky to me. Um, but what, again, it would be your associations yeah. and your questions. And that's just a really easy, basic way to get started the emotions of the dream, where you would source those, and then the associations from one part of the dream. But you could also associate chewing or pulling, mm -hmm. right? You could do any of the, the aspects there, yeah. or all of them. So interesting. Thank you for that. I am always so curious about that, so I have to go home and start diagramming. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And even, I love that embarrassment is such an interesting feeling, right? And yeah. It's closely, in my mind, closely linked to shame for me. Like, oh, I did something, I'm embarrassed, and now, you know, I feel the need to kind of hide, or, you know, I don't know how it is for you, but that would be one that I would, I would dive into a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's, yeah, I'm sure that there's something there that would be interesting to dig in and uncover, because it is, if you, oh, I have a phone call. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Let's see. Go away. I should have turned that off. I didn't even think about it. I'm going to do that now. <laughs> I could just answer the phone. Why not? <laughs> yeah, maybe if somebody called one in. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, so it is, it is probably um, maybe the dream that I have the most. Uh, well, let me say something about that okay. really quick if I could, yeah, because it's a, it's a recurring dream, and that's a certain type of dream. And what that means to me is that it's been an ongoing bit of your experience that your subconscious is trying to get your attention about. Ah. So here's the fascinating thing with recurring dreams. Once you resolve whatever it is that your subconscious is wanting you to resolve or integrate, the dream stops mm -hmm. or changes. So it might be that you have that dream again, but you're just chewing a little bit of gum and you spit it out, right? And then that's the, it's like the finale. Or it may be that you just like that dream goes away because you have figured out what the message is and you've, you know, integrated it into your life. Mm. So many things to think about. Yeah. Figure that out. Awesome. Um, I'm going to take a quickie break because I need to talk okay. about our sponsor and how amazing they Great. are. So, um, and you'll like this because we had a little bit of this conversation prior to the show. But Cellcore Bi uh, Biosciences is our sponsor. They're amazing at what they do. Uh, they are um, one of the best and one of the most innovative when it comes to supplements that address the foundation of health. And when I say the foundation, I'm talking mitochondrial function i'm talking about cellular health and 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 uh genetic health you know so it goes deep into the cell and addresses those things that are that are most hindering our health um and a lot of times the reason that 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 i think this is important because a lot of those times there are things that we're dealing with that we don't understand and that maybe don't even come up on labs labs are my probably top number one favorite thing to run on people because it allows me to see how the body is functioning. It allows me to hear essentially what your body's trying to say. And it's on a piece of paper and I can show my clients and you can see and then we can we can gather data and it's amazing. But what sometimes labs, you know, labs are not 100%. There are things that don't come up on labs that maybe we or yeah, so there are things that don't come up on, on labs that that still need to be addressed. And that's what CellCore does. And so in part, they're working on the, the crazy amount of infection that a lot of us have in our, in our bodies. Uh, infection, whether it's bacterial, yeast, parasitic, worms, these are things that can really create a problem on the body, but worms rarely come up on labs. I've done tons of labs, and I've had worms come up on one lab ever. So, and, but I've seen a lot of them. <laughs> so just being aware of that, and I know it's super gross and it's a horrible thing to think about, but a lot of what we're dealing with are things that we don't know are there. And it's not normal for it to be there. And it, we, we don't eat the way that we used to that is you know, bringing in and incorporating antimicrobial herbs and gut building uh, foods and these things that are you know, from the earth that are intended to make us, to keep us healthy and to fight any kind of bacterial or parasitic infection. Um, and sometimes it can just take over. And you know, we, we live in a world where we're just eating food that does not build us up, it only tears us down. And so my goal is to always look for the root cause of symptoms as well as then address the foundation of health and allow people to, to repair and to balance from the bottom up. And I think it's a really important way of looking at the body looking at biochemical individuality and 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 helping a person again it goes back to being their very best when you feel good 
when you're motivated, when you're excited, you can actually be your best. You can get out there and you can do all the things that God puts you here to do. So, um, uh, Silkor, I was like, who am I talking about? Silkor <laughs> is, is amazing. I love what they're about and they are, their, their delivery system is what makes them unique. And so they're great at what they do. So thank you, uh, Silkor, for being a sponsor and uh, we appreciate you. And let's move on. Okay. So I think that maybe when I, I'm looking at my notes here and maybe what I want to hit on, um, and you talked a little bit about it, but you know, I know a lot of times in our, you know, and I, I in, in my own experience, I know I have blocks and those are things that I'm working on. And I don't really even tr truly understand what that means, but I'm working on addressing them and it's 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 really that digging and that uncovering and um my my understanding would be that dreams can help us to understand blocks it can help us understand resistance it can help us to uh to be a guide right in in what we're trying to do what we're trying to accomplish how do you how do you work with people i mean do you see that you i, I assume you see people become unblocked once they can again it's getting down to that foundation right or that root yeah. cause yeah i mean i love what you were saying um during your shout out to to Cellcore about looking at the root right so i'm hearing you and i'm like kind of lighting up inside i'm like mm -hmm. oh here's somebody who wants to get to the root of the physical cause of illness mm -hmm. i'm someone who wants to get to the root of the mental cause of illness right and and i don't tend to call it mental illness but just to, to kind of line up with what you're saying so um like, I'll just give you another quick example of one of my experiences recently. So I had two dreams in a row in which there were um, somebody else's dog in the dream that I was responsible for taking care of. One, I was supposed to like walk around this farm and find this dog and take it for a walk and I couldn't find it and it was really difficult and ended up not walking the dog, even though it was my responsibility. And another was like a little puppy that, was, that got out into the street and it was gonna drown in, in this flood and I had to go out and rescue it. But again, somebody else rescued it, I couldn't get to it. And I did a little bit of work with those dogs in, in kind of just like communicating in the way that I described earlier. And what came out of that was that I had been blocking myself by trying too hard to take care of other people's stuff. Mm -hmm. And that was applying to my partner, to my parents, to my niece, and, and to some extent to my clients. Like I had gotten into this almost codependent it's not really codependent um but like i'd taken the helper role a bit too far yeah and i was really neglecting a lot of my own needs and starting to get cranky and starting to you know have have these issues and have this feeling of um reduced confidence and i you know i wasn't sure about where that's coming from but really the block was that so as soon as i did that work and had that recognition i was able to make a change and pull back and really um, tune back into myself and then move forward with more of a keen observation of when I'm doing that. So when I'm, I'm like giving too much and sometimes the people I'm giving, giving it to don't even actually want it. You know, right. it's like it's too much all around. Yeah. And I can kind of pull back and, you know, um, free up a whole bunch of mental energy. So my creativity is coming back and my playfulness and all of these aspects of life that I really love that were starting to fade away and my dreams were right there to give me this 
kind of strange story, you know, about taking care of dogs, mm -hmm. but they're really related to my caretaking in general. Um, so that's an example, and that, that would be how I work with clients too. Um, you know, people often recognize their blocks, and that's one thing, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like you can come in and say, I really want to, you know, start my own business, but I'm too terrified. That's an obvious block. Sure, yeah. And when you start yeah. from that level and, and dig in to the subconscious through dreams, through astrology, through regression, through a number of, of methods, and find out what's happening there, right? Most people that I work with have an awareness of what's happening in their consciousness. They're self-aware people. Mm -hmm. um, or somebody can come in with, a frustration that they are not really aware of. Like you said, I know I have blocks, but I don't even know what they are. And so it might be more of a question of like, well, I say that I want to get up and meditate every morning, and I know it's good for me, but I'm just not doing it. And what's the block? Or I keep saying I want to right, launch this business, but like I can't seem to get myself to do the one thing I need to do to get going. What's happening? I don't know why. We can start from there as well and go into the subconscious and say, okay, where's the limitation? Does that, does that kind of describe the... Yeah, the I just find it, I just, it's, it's so fascinating um, that you can dig. It still is this, um, this sort of far out there, you know, hard to grasp concept that I just think is so, like I said, amazing yeah. and fascinating um, that you, and I guess because I know that I'm going through it myself at this point is trying to understand my blocks. Why do I yeah. have blocks? What are they from? Where are they coming from? You know, uh, what, you know, I think that I'm pretty well balanced and, <laughs> you yeah. know, but I know that they're there. <laughs> well, 95% of the brain, you know, that either holds potential dreams, like life pathways, strengths, or epigenetic blocks, mm -hmm. past life blocks, early childhood blocks, right? So, you know, when you say it's, it's this concept that's kind of just are out there. And, I mean, it is nebulous because it's the subconscious. The yeah. subconscious is absolutely nebulous. So we have to find ways of, of um, inviting the subconscious into the conversation. Yeah. So for you or any, anyone like you who still feels like, wow, this dream concept is so far out, but I'd like a way to work with my blocks, you could do the same kind of process that I described earlier. Mm -hmm. You could quiet down your brain get into a meditation and start asking questions. It'd be like, I'm aware of this block and I want to look at this block or I want to feel it. I want to just kind of be with it in terms of what I do know. And that may only just be a sensation. And the sensation could be like, my, oh, my body feels a little tight or it could be an emotion that comes up or it could be just the frustration of being blocked. And then you could start asking, you know, if, if you had a picture block, what would the picture be? If you had a word, what would the word be? Mm -hmm. So you can do this communicate, it's called active imagination, and Carl Jung is, is known for developing it, but many, many healers use this and have used it around the world. So you really are just, you're having a dialogue with a part of your subconscious, basically. And you're allowing, again, like first thought, best thought. Mm -hmm. A lot of people worry, oh, I'm, I'm making it up, right? Yeah. It's like my brain is just yeah. making up this storyline. Mm -hmm. In my experience, 99% of the time, people are getting accurate information if they are able to just trust and let go that mm -hmm. that's what's happening mm -hmm. so there will be some kind of guidance yeah. some recognition mm -hmm. of you know where this block is coming from without even engaging a dream mm -hmm. you can do this mm -hmm. you know it's interesting that you say that because as i as i move through my own 
journey as well as as you know talk with people like you and others who have been on the show who are just amazing at you know what what you do that comes up so much and it, you know I've had I've had people tell me you know talk to your business sit there with your eyes closed yeah. you know and it's a really great way I think to meditate because you know people tell me all the time I can't meditate my brain always goes everybody's brain always goes that's why it's called a practice you know it's 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 you know once you put out there that you can't do it well then well you can't and you won't right <laughs> yeah and so um, it's, it's, I never thought I could meditate either, and that's exactly what I started doing, was to just sit and be still. And this is what I tell my clients, sit and be still for five minutes in the morning and in the evening. That's all that you start with. But it's also, you know, having, you know, it's, it's a, you know, they'll say focus on your breath or do a guided meditation so you have somebody guiding you or, you know, an app guiding you, whatever it is. But I also feel like, and what I have been doing recently also is, sitting there of course in the sun and in in my meditation it's the what do I need to know and is it you know what does my business need to know and and I'm also you know it's it's a it's it's a it's a prayerful it's a it's a you know for me it's a communication with God it's a help me help me know what it is that there is and in what you're saying sort of takes it to another level a deeper level you know, is there more about, you know, what's going on that I need to know? You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, um, and I think use, taking those simple tools and using them. And when you're focusing just on that one thing, what do I need to know? What do I need to know? What is my business trying to tell me? What, what is my block? What is my block trying to tell me? Yeah. That'd be another great question, yeah, yeah. right? Sometimes exactly. we're blocked as a protective measure because we're not ready for whatever's coming or we need to you know, do a little tune-up or something mm -hmm. before we get to where we want to go. Yeah, yeah. I think I think having that in, in your mind is a great way of quieting the rest of it, you know. Um, and, mm -hmm. and it's not always going to work, you know. So, I, you know, sometimes right. you're, you're gonna, your mind's just going to go, and you keep trying until maybe you think, okay, I'm done, and I'll try again later or tomorrow or whatever it is. But, but yeah. keep trying. Um, and I love... I, the, the interesting part of meditation is not, well, it's so much of about it is interesting, but the data behind the, the biochemical changes that meditation can create for a body, bringing it into the calm, you know, into the, the parasympathetic, the rest and digest, away from the stress and the craziness and the, the fight or flight mode that all of us seem to stay in that's so damaging, so detrimental but bringing it into this place where it, you're in, you are calm. Even if you don't feel like it's doing anything for you, I promise you it is. Just do it. <laughs> you know, I also like to offer people the idea of like a moving meditation or an active meditation. Yeah. So for people who really struggle, you know, if you play music, that, that can be a meditation. Mm -hmm. If you like to go for a walk or a hike or a swim, you can set the intention, like, I'm going to focus just on this movement. Mm -hmm. And if your mind has something very simple to focus on, it will slow down and quiet down. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that's that's just one other little tidbit there. that I, I do a lot of somatic work with dreams, too. So, like, um, for example, the, the, you know, the dog dream, right? Like, I would embody the little dog 
since drowning and feel what it's like to be in that body and move around and you know like let my body get the feeling of what's what's happening right so that sounds terrible again dreams have so so many elements right yeah, so yeah. i figured out in my dream about overextending myself but i might also look at if i were this puppy like where's the drowning coming from like where what's that what's that feeling like in my body and what am i relating that to yeah and maybe that is related to giving too much and i'm drowning myself i don't know i mean i'm just sort of falling here but yeah yeah move if you need to or engage something stare at a candle flame or a fire right if you need to give your mind a little bit of a distraction find something that is very simple to focus on and see if that works if you're not able to just sort of sit with your breath which many people struggle with yeah so could you do that so if somebody and i you might have said this but i'm going to ask it anyway um you have a dream that you don't understand can you take that into a meditation and say, what is oh, yeah. this dream trying, trying to tell me? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's really, I mean, you could look it up, active imagination. There are books written on it. There are steps written out, but it's really that simple. Meditate. I'm a writer, so I, I, you know, I like to write. I do kind of like an automatic writing. I ask a question and then I write whatever's coming through. For like two minutes, I just let my pen go, even if it doesn't seem to make sense. And then I can pull out, you know, what, what the message is in that moment in time for me. Wow. So the dream is delivered from the subconscious again. So we have to go back into the subconscious if we really want to communicate there. We have to allow our brain. I, that's why I really like the alpha brain wave because we've got both our conscious and our subconscious active at the same time. Oh. And, and once you begin that communication, that line of communication, it opens up tremendously for most people. So I'm, I'm halfway through teaching a dreams class with these counseling students and I keep getting messages from them because they're just in awe, right? They're just, they're like, I'm, I'm getting more and more of my intuition on board. Like there are all these synchronicities happening and my dreams are really full of this. And it's because the subconscious actually wants to be a guide for us, but, but we've been trained away from it, right? Yeah. Again, the indigenous cultures around the world in the past really, they knew the power of this. And they engaged it all the time for their healing practices and to understand when to plant crops and all, everything, right? They lived by it. We in our modern culture have decided that that's, you know, hogwash and it's woo-woo or it's whatever. And so we've dismissed it as important when in, in my world, it is actually the most important part of mind. Yeah. The most powerful. Yeah. So this is, I'm going to ask you the question, um, alpha, is this, is this what meditation is, is alpha where the, your, or, or hypnosis? Yeah. So hypnosis goes a little bit deeper. It's okay. the, more the theta. Okay. In hypnosis, you're almost, your conscious mind is almost completely sleeping. And delta is sleep. So it goes beta, alpha, theta, delta. Okay. In terms of fast to slow. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to memorize those. There's charts online. If you want to look at the names, you can just Google brainwave chart. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, alpha really is more, it's sort of the light meditative, um, maybe creative state. So it's not hypnosis. It's it's not as deep as that, but it is when you're sort of feeling relaxed in meditation, but you're still aware, mm -hmm. right? So you mm -hmm. still might hear the bee buzzing by your head if you're sitting in the garden or whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. I don't hit it as often as I'd like, but that really deep meditation is such a interesting, cool place to be um, when I can yeah. get there. Yeah. Really fun. Yeah, and I think for most people it's easier to get there when you have a guide of some kind. Yeah. I know that's the case with me mm -hmm. if I've got someone else facilitating. Yeah. It helps. Yeah, yeah. Cool. 
Um, so I want to I want to make sure that we have talked about everything that you want to talk about. Um, we've only got five minutes, which is, you know, I know <laughs> every time, and I think I say it every time. It just flies by. It's such good conversation. Yeah. Um, but I want to make sure too that people know where to find you. So if there's anything else that you want to talk about, I know you do these these green groups, green groups, dream yeah. groups. <laughs> and retreats and all of these cool things that you do, um, you know, I want to I want to hear more about that. Yeah. So, gosh, this this fall in November, uh, November third through sixth, I'm doing the first dream retreat that I've done in three and a half years. Probably like a lot of people. So, yeah. You know, um, I tried doing some things online with it, and it just I just didn't like it personally. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff out there online, but. I was not able to go as deep as I wanted to go. Um, so I'm super excited about that. That is in Colorado, uh, a little mountain town called Twin Lakes, about two and a half hours drive from Denver. And, you know, I haven't even, this is probably the first time that I'm actually putting it out there, like marketing wise. Um, and it's half full already. And so if that's something anyone listening is interested in, I would love to just have a chat with you and um, tell you more about what we're doing. We, we dive really deep, we do a lot of playful fun. Um, little workshops, breakouts into the subconscious with our dreams. There's, it's, it's a really small group. It's, um, you know, 12 people maximum, so it's very intimate. And um, people come out of those weekends changed somehow every time, and, and for the better, right? So happier or having removed some big blocks or having tuned into the next direction for life. So it's super fun. That I, I'm very, very excited to be doing that again. Um, and you know, I don't do a lot on social media. I, I do a lot more word of mouth and, and personally. Um, so my website is naturaldreamtech.com. And um, you can actually sign up for a, a consultation call through my calendar link there. Or um, you can reach out to me via email. It's Aaron at AaronAmundson.com. Um, and you can look at Think the show notes for the spelling. You got my name spelled right. So yeah, yeah. Um, those are kind of the two ways of, of getting a hold of me. My my client caseload's pretty full right now, but if you are interested in what I do there and maybe want to check that out, you could also um, sign up for a consult call and get more information. Um, yeah, and I think that's it. That's all. I don't have anything else kind of big on board in terms of my offering, but I do in the in the fall. I'm sort of working on a, an intuitive writing group that, that is. Not dream-based necessarily, but um, you know, with the aim of getting us into our subconscious mind outside of dream work. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. online, and I've done that a few times um, over the last couple of years, and it's been really great. So very cool. That's what yeah. I have going on. Very cool. And so, just to uh, for for the sake of clarity, you your retreat is live, but you do virtual consultations, yeah. Yes, my practice in terms of one-on-one -on -one is all virtual. Yeah. Retreats are live. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and if you want to just be notified about the live stuff that I'm doing, I will be doing maybe some one-day things in Denver. Um, I'm working on a continuing education series for for sure for, for um, counselors and therapists. So if that's you and you're interested in this as continuing ed, you know, reach out. Um, and hoping to expand that into other professions as well, that just people that are interested in how we can apply mm -hmm. understanding the subconscious to health generally, yeah. whether it's physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual health. And, and so it's not just limited to dreams once again, but really harvesting 
the information that we're carrying around, un unknown to us, and facilitating that um, communication between our conscious and subconscious. Well, this was, I mean, I knew it would be eye-opening, but I, again, it's so fascinating. There's so many aspects of our lives that I think that we take for granted or that we brush off and we don't see as, you know, information. And I think that, that it's, it's, you know, there's so much that we still don't know about the brain and about the subconscious. And that, you know, and when we, we do have the tools to kind of um, take it and harness it and use it, um, and you know, I, I just think it's the most interesting and the most fun thing. And I'm grateful that you came on. And yeah, on. thank you for having me, Nikki. This has yeah. been really fun. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to do it again because I think that we could go deeper into this and, sure. and you know, yeah. really kind of, kind of, you know, have some fun with it. So. Of course, uh, this is Taste Life Nutrition Radio. My company, my practice is Taste Life Nutrition. You can find me uh, every Thursday here uh, streaming live on KUHS Denver. We're also streaming live, of course, on the Taste Life Nutrition Facebook page for Taste Life Nutrition in, on all of the social media. And um, you can go to my website and fill out a free assessment. And that assessment will come straight to me and will give me uh, some good understanding of what could be going on with you if you have some symptoms that you're not sure what's going on. Uh, if you have been to uh, practitioner after practitioner after practitioner and still having some troubles, happy to, to chat through that with you and see what we can figure out. Uh, if we need to refer, I have amazing people to refer to, uh, as well as if you need to come into the practice and, and you know go from there. So. Um, we are also all virtual, so we can see people from all over the world and have, and would love to, to just have a conversation with you. Um, we have, I do have, and I talked a little bit about this earlier, of course, is the soulful conception. This is not just for women, um, although it mostly speaks to women, and I get that and understand that, but it is, it, you know, uh, I want couples to be involved as much as the, the, the you know, husband or the man wants to be involved. Uh, I think that just having that understanding of, of the impact that we have on our future is so important and so huge. And of course, just bringing in um, a healthy, productive, amazing little munchkin to, to start to, con or to continue to, to build on this world that we have uh, that is a good place. So grateful for uh, for you, Aaron. Grateful for all of you for sticking around and paying attention. I'm looking at our numbers over here, and we've got people all over the place: uh, United States, India, Indonesia, Ireland, Greece, Thailand, Serbia, Philippines, Germany, uh, Montenegro. Fun. That's, awesome. <laughs> I know. That's great. I love it. You know. Um, do some international work too, so and it just has a different feeling, right? Yeah, and connecting with other cultures and like finding yep. our, our commonalities that we yep. are all interested in a lot of the same human elements of life. Yeah, it's yeah. good stuff. It's, it's super cool. Yeah, it's super cool. It's exciting. Having just the best time. So, um, thank you again. Thank you, everybody, and we'll catch you next week at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Taste Life Nutrition Radio. See you later. <laughs>